Last Sunday, we started a brand new series we called, we're calling Born for the Battle. And uh, our, our, our platform here is that anybody that's born again is born into a spiritual battle, right? As I mentioned last week, um, I felt a prompting from the Lord about a month ago to just teach on this, uh, just to teach on this subject. And um, so we're going to be doing that for the next uh, several weeks, but not just to teach on it, but to engage the body of Christ into warfare. Because it's one thing to learn about warfare and still you get your tail kicked in. Amen. It's not just good to know that you got a weapon. You got to learn how to use your weapon. Come on, saints. Are y'all out there? So we got to, as, as the army of God, we need to learn how to engage in the spiritual battle that we in. So we're going to continue the next few weeks. And so the next few, um, not just Sundays, but Wednesdays as well. Pastor Rob preached this Wednesday, led the church in prayer and warfare. And I'm just believing that something's happening in the heavens. Amen. I believe that something's breaking in the heavens. And I believe that some in this room right now, you've been under a spiritual attack and didn't even realize that you were under a spiritual attack. You just personalized it, blamed it on others or yourself. But I believe God is wanting to give us a breakthrough today. Amen. He's wanting to give us a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. You know, as we mentioned last week, there are two kinds of uh, Christians. There are those that um, that put way too much emphasis on the devil and they, they see a devil under 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 every bush and they blame everything on the devil. And I believe that's putting too much focus and giving him too much credit. Amen. But then there's also the people that put absolutely no blame on the devil and don't recognize that he's operating and working in their life. And neither one is a healthy view. Amen. We need a healthy view. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us today. God, I pray, Lord, let your anointing just be released right now. Father, even teaching on warfare, it can do nothing unless your anointing, Lord, breaks through the spiritual rim today. And God, we're asking that you would release your power, release your presence, release your anointing. Lord, to break strongholds today, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. In Matthew eleven twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and the violent have been seizing it by force. It takes a church filled with spiritual, uh, spiritual warriors that are willing to engage in the warfare to be able to gain the territory and to gain the blessings that God has paid such a high price for us to experience and to live in. Amen. They don't just come automatically. The kingdom of heaven's been suffering violent. It's been under violent attack. But the scripture we read a while ago, hey, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of God. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, we can rise up and we can take the promised land. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, Paul encourages us to stand firm. Hold your ground. Don't give in. Don't give up. Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, schemes means the trickery, the tactics, the deceptive methods of the enemy. How many of you know the enemy is a trickster? He's deceptive. He's a schemer. Amen. And so it takes a wise and discerning church to stand against the tactics and the deception of the evil one. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, so that no advantage 
would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the most effective ways to keep Satan from taking advantage of us is to become knowledgeable and familiar with his schemes. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. We need to know. It boils down to this. The more ignorant we are of the enemy's tactics, the less effective we'll be in winning our spiritual battles. The more knowledgeable we are of our enemy's tactics, the more effective we'll be in winning our spiritual battles. Amen? In other words, we must know our enemy. We need to know our enemy. You know, uh, one of the things, one of the problems that our, our troops had whenever they went to Iraq was that they had a lot of these soldiers that were just dressed in civilian clothes. And so they would be walking down the street and didn't really know who their enemy is. How many of you know that you are at a disadvantage if you don't know who your enemy is? You got to know who your enemy is. Amen. You got to know who you're fighting up against. Amen. And so today we want to to better know our enemy. We're going to talk about the heart of our enemy, the tactics of our enemy and the desire of our enemy. Now, I don't know if I'll be able to get to all three points, but we're going to dive right into it. All right. So three insights into our enemy. The first insight is the heart of our enemy. Now, last week we looked at Revelation 12, which gave us a picture of Satan getting kicked out of heaven. We know that at one time he was in heaven. Today we're going to look at at another passage of Scripture. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14 or your, your phone or whatever, which is a picture, will give us a picture of the heart of Satan as he was in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 14, and we are going to begin reading uh, in verse 12, and it says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will sin into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stores of God. I will also sit on the mount of the, of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. Now, I want you to notice the damage Satan is doing in the world. In verse 16, he says, those who will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? who did not open the house of the prisoners. He's destroying entire cities. He's operating in the world and he's destroying entire cities. The Bible says that he's holding people in prison. That's why we need to learn about the spiritual battle that we're in so we don't become one of those prisoners. Amen. Now let's first look at the core of Satan's heart. I want you to notice what is commonly called the five I will statements of this passage. In verse 13, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount of Congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, these five statements reveal the core of Satan's heart. Satan possesses a heart filled with selfishness, with pride, 
and rebellion against God. I will, I will, I will. Every one of these statements reveal his desire and his motivation to exalt himself above God. I will be like the most, I will exalt my throne. His whole thing is to get above God. And, and so what we need to know about our enemy is our enemy is filled with selfishness. He's filled with pride. He's filled with rebellion and rebels against all authority and anything that's of God or is godly, he's not for. That's the heart of the enemy. Now, why is that so important to us? And why do we need to know this? Because Satan will try to influence every child of God to become just like him. He wants disciples. And if we don't know that, we're going to fall right into his trap. Selfishness, rebelliousness against all authority, prideful, This is the characteristics of our enemy. And this is the disciples he's trying to make. Now, let's look a little deeper in the the, uh, character of Satan's heart. In John 8, 42, Jesus told them, If God were your father, you would love me because I've come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, what is Satan? Jesus describes him. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's he always hates truth, and he's a liar. And not only is he a liar, he's the originator and the father of every lie. Every lie that comes out of every mouth, he's the originator of it. That's important for us to know. Again, why are we talking about this? Because every one of us will fall into the temptation to be trapped into his characteristics. Because he's working overtime to try to influence every child of God to become just like him and become his disciple. Rebellious, prideful, violent, a hater of God's truth and a hater of God himself. Are y'all with me out there? And so what we need to know is this. Every time we start acting like this, it's a sign we're losing the spiritual battle within. See, last week we talked about the battle without, about there's a battle in the heavens. But how many of you know there's not only a battle in the heavens, there's a battle in our hearts. Amen? There's two kinds of spiritual battles. There's the the spiritual battle in the heavens that we face, but there's also the battle within, the evil influences of Satan. And so listen, we have to keep winning the spiritual battle within if we're going to become a warrior that can win the battles without. So listen, the enemy will be content with letting us fight all these battles in the heavens and lose the battle within. Listen, I believe there are people sitting in church that love God, but they're living and they're losing the battle within and they're getting defeated every day. So we need to learn to win the battle within. Are y'all with me out there? Judas is a primary example of someone who lost the battle within. He was one of God's, he was one of Jesus's chosen 12. But what happened to him? He ended up committing suicide. He hung himself. And the Bible says in John 13, 27, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. How many of you know Satan would love to enter into every one of us? He wants to, he wants to influence every one of us. And so we need to be wiser than the serpent. 
and gentler than a dove. Amen? And uh, Ananias and Sapphira is another example of somebody that lost the battle within. Peter said in Acts 5, 3, and Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you receive from the land. They weren't required to give that money, but the problem was they lied about it. They brought money to the church and, and Peter said, is this all the money that you made? And, oh, it's everything. And they kept some back and they lied. And, and the Bible says that Satan entered their heart. Now listen, to be successful warrior in warfare, you must first win the battle within. And listen, the good news is we can. We can, amen? And so listen, if we will pay attention that the enemy's not just working out there with principalities and rulers, he's every day trying to get us into the same characteristics that he's a part of and that's his nature because he wants some disciples, even if they sit in church. Y'all got me out there? First John 3, 8 says, but when people keep on sinning, listen, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Come on. Somebody say amen. Jesus came to give us victory over the enemy's influences. Amen. He came to give us deliverance from our from our adversary. John 8, 31, Jesus, 32, Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make you free. Amen. So every time you're tempted to lie, give up that chance. Every time you're tempted to rebel against authority, pass up that chance. Because you don't want to be acting like the devil. Amen. Come on. You want to be acting like your heavenly father. Amen. God's truth will set us free. Now, the second insight of our enemy we need to know about is the tactics of our enemy. Not just the heart of our enemy, but the tactics. A tactic is a plan, a procedure, a strategy, or a process someone uses to promote or achieve a desired result. How many of you know Satan has a plan, process, and a strategy he uses to promote his agenda? And it'd be great for us to know what that process is, what that strategy is. Now, there are a number of different animals. Surprisingly, the Bible uses animals in the Bible to typify the devil and to give us insight into his tactics and strategies and ministry. We're going to look at two of those animals today to learn more about the enemy's tactics. The first one is the lion. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, seeking someone to devour. Now notice this verse doesn't say that he is a lion. But he is like a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. He roars. The enemy roars. Now, sometimes you can learn spiritual principles from natural examples. Now, why does a lion roar? It's the male that roars. Why does he roar? He roars to paralyze his prey with fear. He roars and his, sometimes his prey just gets totally paralyzed and then he's got lunch. They either get paralyzed with fear or 
They run in panic right into the ambush of the female lions that are waiting for them on the trail. And they becomes lunch. And the Bible says he's like a roaring lion. Satan is a devourer and devours primarily as a lion through fear. Fear is his tactic. And we need to know that. Now, there are four kinds of fear. There's natural fear, like fear of jumping off a cliff. That's good fear. Some of us need more of that fear. And then there's the fear of man, fearing what others think and what they say about you and all that. And the Bible says that brings a snare. And then there's the fear of God, which is good. It's healthy. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's a healthy respect and reverence for God. But then there's demonic fear. That's the deep irrational phobia that takes over and controls a person's life. It's what the Bible calls the spirit of fear. And uh, Satan, the lion, uses as a spiritual weapon fear, a demonic fear to hold us and keep us from winning our spiritual battles. And listen, he don't care what it is. It can be the fear of death, the fear of the future, the fear of failure, the fear of relationships, the fear of rejection the fear of disease, the fear of car wrecks, the fear of dogs, cats, spiders, germs, heights, darkness. It doesn't matter. He just wants us to be filled with fear. He don't care what kind we have as long as it's controlling us. And as long as we're controlled by fear, we become paralyzed. How many of you know you can't be a warrior when you're overcome with fear? How many of you know you can't be a warrior if you're so timid that you're afraid to get in the battle? Amen. Remember when Israel was getting ready to go in the promised land, they never got into the promised land because they feared the giants in the land. And so the whole generation died off because they were afraid. But now listen, you need to know that fear is a tactic of the devil that he uses to paralyze the people of God. He says, look, if I can't keep them out of heaven, I just want to paralyze them. And he'll be content with paralyzing us. Well, listen, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Praise the Lord, you ain't got to have that fear. Come on, are y'all with me out there? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Isaiah 35.4, So say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not Fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He's coming to save you. I'll tell you what we need. We need a holy boldness on the inside of us. I'm not talking about cockiness. I'm talking about boldness. Come on, we need the Holy Ghost boldness of God to say, man, I'm not giving in. I'm not just surrendering and submitting to the spirit of fear. Amen. I'm not burning kilowatts and have to have to keep a light on all night while I sleep. Bless the Lord. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to get over that fear. Amen. I don't know which service. I think it was the second service. We had a sister come up and talk about how she was overcome with fear and that uh, she was in, encouraged and instructed to take her authority and just uh, speak to that fear. And she's, you remember, I, I don't know, some of y'all might have been in that service, but she took authority over it. And she said, fear, I command you to go. She had been bound up by fear for years, but Jesus set her free. Amen. Come on. He's the lion and he tries to devour his people. Or our God's people through fear. But thank God we can be delivered from fear. Now the second animal that represents the tactics and strategies of the enemy is the serpent. 
You know, the Bible says Luke 10, 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, unlike the lion, which represents, you know, the big mouth, in-your-face, intimidating adversary, the serpent is the more cunning, manipulative, quiet, deceiving, tactical style of the enemy. He's very patient. He's very quiet. And he'll work subtly to get people to this trap. Second Corinthians 11.3. Paul said to the Corinthian church, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. There are people in church that are getting deceived by Satan and they're sitting in church led astray by the deceiver. They're being led astray of the purity of devotion to Jesus Christ. Satan is always trying to lead people astray from their devotion to Jesus Christ. He always has and he always will. And it'll never quit. He will continue to do that as long as he has the ability to. Are y'all with me out there? Now, there's three tactics of the serpent. First, he will always try to cast doubt on God's word. Remember, whenever the serpent showed up in the garden, and he tempted Adam and Eve. Remember, in Genesis 3, 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Listen, the devil hates the word of God. He hates the word of God and will always try to attack the integrity of the word of God. He will always try to sell the lie that the word is not reliable. The word is not, you can't count on it. It's man's interpretation. It's man's rendition that it's not accurate, it's not true, and it's not the authority of God. And that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. He will always try to get you and I to doubt the truth and the reliability of the Word of God. And there are people trying to find a verse that they can disqualify to get into their sin. Come on, I'm preaching here this morning. They will always try to discredit the Word of God and find some liberal theologian somewhere that says the Bible is just a bunch of fake stories and they grab a hold of that so they can, so they can embellish their life of sin. But come on, how many of you know we gotta stand on the authority of the Word of God? See, he'll do that, but he'll also do this. He'll say, has God said? Now, you know, I wonder, How many godly church people are robbed of blessings because he's got them to doubt the word of God? Satan will say, well, listen, I know the Lord said, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But listen, you can't expect to have the joy of the Lord. You just lost a loved one. You got to be in grief, man. You got to be depressed. You just lost a loved one. Has God said that you can have joy? You can't have joy all the time. 
Come on. You know, Satan will say, I know the Lord said you could be healed. But listen, man, I mean, you can't expect to be healed when the doctors say there's nothing that they can do. He will always he will always try to discredit the word of God. So listen, we need to stand on the word of God. We need to be we need to be. Uh, committed to the word of God. Amen. We need to be convicted to the word of God. You know, if the Bible says it, I'll do it. I heard somebody say one time, they said, you know, if the Bible said that, uh, that uh, a rooster could pull a, f- a freight train, I would say, hook him up. Amen. Come on. That's, that's being true. That's come on. That's giving it all. I encourage you always believe God's word and hold on to his word, regardless of what you're going through, because the word of God will remain forever and ever. Amen. He's the snake. He's the serpent. And he'll be right there in your ear. Has God said. Number two, the second tactic of the serpent, he will always try to deceive you into thinking that there's no consequences to sin. In, in Genesis 3, 2, the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. You ain't going to die. He's lying to you. What was Satan saying to Eve? You can sin all you want. You can rebel against God's commands all you want. And you can get away with it. How many of you know you can't get away with it? You can't get away with it. You know what's at the root of all temptation? That you can live your life like you want, how you want, and disobey God's commands all you want, and not have to pay the consequences of your sin. How many of you know that? my friend, is deception. That's deception. How many of you think would have given in to temptation to the first use of drugs if the serpent would have said, listen now, after you take that pill, you're going to get started on a course and need more pills. And after several years of doing those pills, you're going to lose absolutely everything you got including your organs are going to start shutting down. That's why I'm trying to get you to take this pill. How many of you know there would be a lot less to take that pill? Amen. But he don't tell you the consequences. He hides the consequences. He don't want you to know about the consequences. How many of you think would have given in to lust and committed adultery if the serpent would have said, now listen, the reason I got your eyes on that young lady over there is because I want you to break your covenant with your wife And I want you to get into this relationship, but don't worry about it. You deserve her. Your wife is not treating you well at home. But listen, by the way, whenever you do that, you're going to lose everything you have, man. Your life is going to be reduced to nothing. So go ahead, man. Go after it. How many know there'd be less adultery? There'd be less adultery. But he don't tell us the consequences of sin. So we need to learn. One of the snake's tactics is to deceive us into thinking we can disobey God in sin and get away with it. You can't. Galatians 6, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature 
from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Listen, we're always free to choose what we want to do, but we're not free to choose the consequences of what we do. We're free to decide what we want to do, but we're not free to choose the consequences of what we do. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? So listen, knowing this serpent is walking around on this globe, tempting people to break God's law and trying to convince us that there's no consequences. Man, as children of God, we should not be walking close to the fence or to the border of sin. We should be running away from it as much as we can. Come on. Are y'all hearing me out there? The third tactic tactic of the serpent is this. He will always slander the character of God. And this is what he said in verse 5. The serpent said, For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What was the serpent really saying? Man, God's trying to rob you. He's trying to keep you from the good stuff. He knows that it, he knows that that's the best tree in the garden. And it, that's why he don't want you to touch that tree. He's just a cosmic killjoy, man. He's just trying to, he's just trying to spoil your party. You know what? Satan was really trying to make us think that and believe that God is not good. He's not good all the time. He was trying to make Eve believe that God doesn't really care about her. And he'll try to make us think that he doesn't really care about us either. He will try to make us feel that God is always holding back on us. You see, it's amazing. It's amazing. Sometimes we go through difficulty, trials, tribulations, something bad happens. And the enemy whispers in our ear, if God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and sovereign, he could have protected you from that. Why didn't he protect you from that? He's the one that did this to you. Oh, really? Yeah, you're right. He is all power. He said he's all powerful. Well, then if he's all powerful, why didn't he protect? And next thing we know, we're having a conversation with our adversary. How many of you know God is good and he's good all the time? End of conversation. Amen. He proved it when he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross and shed his blood. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? Three different ways the serpent will try to defeat us spiritually. He'll try to get us to doubt God's word, try to doubt the consequences of sin. He'll try to get us to doubt the goodness and the kindness of God. The third insight into our enemy we need to know about is that the goal of our enemy, Satan's goal is to be worshipped like God. Remember, go back to Isaiah 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You're weak, you, you who weaken the nations, you have said in your heart, I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the four sides of the north, and I will send above the, above the heights of the, of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What does this passage tell us about Satan's goal for life? I will means that's what he wants. It's what he desires. I want to be worshiped like God. That's what he's saying. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount 
of the congregation. I'm going to be the big man in charge. That's who I'm going to be. Satan was saying, I want to be the one that's worshipped. Enough of this God worship stuff. I want allegiance to me. I want people to worship me. His main desire is to be lifted up and to worship. We see this really coming to light in, in the, in the, uh, when, when Jesus was uh, under that spiritual attack in the desert. Remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan and he tried to get Jesus to turn from God and to worship him. In, in Luke 4, 5, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will be all yours. See, Satan had a plan, a tactic, a strategy. If he could get Jesus to turn and start worshiping him, man, imagine how many people would follow. And so he tried to get the, he tried to get the head man to start worshiping him. But listen, since then, Satan is always trying to get people worship him. He wants nothing more than to be worshiped. So listen, he hates every person that worships God. He hates it. He hates worship. He hates when the church worships. He would be okay if you just got together. Just don't worship. See, Satan's number one goal is to stop God's people from worship. He don't want us worshiping. In Revelation 12, 17, the dragon was enraged at the woman and he went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. Those who obey God's commands and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Listen, if you're obeying the commands of God and you're holding to the testimony of Jesus, your loyalty is with Jesus. You worship Jesus. So therefore, he hates people that hold to the commands of God. And he hates people that testify about the goodness of Jesus. Because when people hold the commands and testify of Jesus, what they're really doing is they magnifying Jesus. They worshiping him and say, man, he's the man. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. He's the chosen one. And my allegiance is with him. And Satan hates it with everything inside of him. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And he'll do everything he can to stop God's people from worship. It's believed that Satan was the worship leader of heaven before he got kicked out. You know, the verse above, verse uh, 12, where we talked about how you have fallen, O Lucifer. Verse 11 says, your pomp has brought... Has brought you down to show the sound of your stringed instruments. In Ezekiel 28, which is another parallel prophetic passage of scripture about Lucifer, verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Now, somebody said every instrument's included in the, the stringed instruments, the, the uh, 
the timbrels, percussion instruments, and then the pipes, the wind instruments. He said that's all the instruments. And it's believed that, that he, was, he was created with instruments. He was just an instrument. And he was the worship leader of heaven. And he got kicked out. He, got, he lost his job in leading worship. So now he wants to be the one worship. He wants to be the one worship. So when he got kicked out of heaven and lost his job as worship leader, who took up the charge? The church, the body of Christ. Amen. We are. He, why does the father, he goes to and fro. The Bible says he's looking not for people that attend church. He's not looking for people that show up. He's looking for. He's looking for what? He's looking for what? He's looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and in, not in lie, in, what is he looking for, gang? He's looking for who worship him in, yes, spirit and truth, amen? So this is what I believe. Every time I clap my hands for Jesus, the devil, it, it just aggravates the tar out of it. Amen. Every time I clap my hands and say, Jesus, the powers of darkness have to move back because they cannot stand the worship of Jesus in their presence. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yes. That's why it's so important that the church of God worship like never before. It's what worship is warfare. Amen. Are y'all with me? We got to know our enemy. We got to know who we're fighting up against. Amen. And so we got an enemy out there. We got, but, but we also, we have a battle out there, but we also have a battle in here. And so listen, before we can, before we can say in the name of Jesus, move back, we have to be first in Jesus, in the authority of Jesus, which means submitting your life to Jesus and his commands. You got to you see, I think we're in a day today in the church where we making God, we're drawing our own picture of God. And we got different pictures of God out there. Now, this is the way that I think God is. And they draw a picture. And by the way, they draw the picture of God to make sure it fits what they want to do and how they want to live. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? Listen, I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching the truth this morning and I believe the enemy needs to be exposed this morning and his back needs to be broken this morning and the people of God need to be set free this morning so they can live the life that Jesus paid a high price for them to live. Amen. Y'all with me? Come on, stand with me. Stand with me and come on. Let's just worship God right now. Let's just submit ourselves to God. Come on, let's just give our heart and our life to God right now. Come on, let's just declare right now. Come on. Come on. I'm not, I'm not putting up with the tactics of the enemy. Come on. I'm not falling into the, I don't want to be his disciple. I want to be like Jesus, not like the devil. I don't want to be rebellious. I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to hate God, hate God's truth. I want to love God, love his truth. I want to live in submission to authority, submission to God. I want to live in line with the blessings and favor of God. Come on, saints. Let's declare it today. Let's make a fresh commitment today in the name of Jesus. Come on. 
Let's declare. Come on, I'm not allowing the enemy to paralyze me with fear. I'm not going to be afraid to serve Jesus and go into the promised land because there's giants in the land. I'm going in without fear, without timidity. I'm going in and getting what God gave me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on, saints. Let's declare today. Come on. I'm holding fast. I'm holding fast to the Word of God. I'm holding fast to the truth of God. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm not compromising. If He said it, I'm doing it. If He said it, I believe it. I'm living for God. I'm walking on the commands of God. I'm living by the promises of God in the name of Jesus. I'm not about to buy into the lie that God is not good, that He's not looking out for me. In the name of Jesus, I pull down those lies. I pull down those thoughts. I declare they're broken today in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is moving in this house today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that conviction is being released over this house. Lord, I declare that the enemy's lies are being exposed, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I declare the children of God are set free today in the power and the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for releasing us to be the warriors that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. 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 name. Thank you, Father God. Lord, give us eyes to see. Lord, give us ears to hear. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for discernment today. Thank you, Lord. We are walking in discernment today. We are walking in light today, God. Thank you, Lord. We're not walking around being deceived and falling into the trap of our adversary today. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, help me worship Him. Thank you, Father. You're not getting my worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if you have the liberty, just lift your hands and wave them to the Lord and say, I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm worshiping Him. Come on, I'm worshiping Jesus. Jesus deserves my loyalty. Jesus deserves my worship. I'm going to worship Him today. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your anointing, God. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your touch, God. Thank you, Father God, that you are releasing your power. You're releasing your grace. God, I pray, liberate us, Lord. Liberate us, God. Liberate us. God, raise up an army in this house. Raise up a great army in this house. Lord, those that have been, Lord, that have been weakened by the tactics of the enemy. Lord, liberate us today. Empower us today. Free us today. Lord, thank you, God. Come on. Come on, declare it. Worship Him today. Oh, Lord, no more lies. We pull down lies. Come on, declare every lie. I believe. I pull it down. You're a liar and the father of lies. I declare the truth is prevailing over our hearts and over our minds today. Lord, I declare that truth is exposing every lie of the adversary today. In the name of Jesus, I declare, I declare that revelation knowledge is coming, that our eyes are being opened and we see for we see it for what it is. We see the truth for what it is. We see the enemy for who he is. Thank you, Father God. But Lord, you are releasing us today. 
You are empowering us today. That you are gracing us today. Thank you, Lord. Your hand is upon us today. Lord, we pray, God, do battle for us in the heavens. Release your warring angels today. Lord, release your, Lord, release your warring angels of our family, of our home, of our marriage, of our finances, of our relationships. Lord, release your warring angels, oh God. Release your warring angels over every soul that is in here. Lord, liberate us from bondage, from addictions, God. Release us, God, from every, every, every oppression of the enemy today. Thank you, Lord, that the liberation of God is in this house today. Lord, we declare it, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you would, just put your hands down for just a second. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never crossed the line and said, Lord, I'm in. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I've kicked the tires, but I'm ready to go all in. If you're here today and you say, Todd, that's where I'm at. I need to go all in. I'm ready to serve Jesus. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a disciple of the enemy. Come on, just if that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Raise it high and wave it at me so I can see it. I don't want to miss any person right here, ma'am. Right here in the middle. Anywhere else. Over here, sir. I see your hand. Anywhere else. Come on. Just wave your hand. Come on. This is your day. This is your opportunity. Come on. The Spirit of God is moving on your heart. Right now, just respond and say, God, I give it all. I give it all. Now listen, those that raise your hand, just pray this prayer from your heart. And we're all going to pray together. Jesus, I declare my allegiance to you. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I've ever committed. Lord, this day, I choose to live for you, to be your servant. Help me, Father, to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray amen and amen. Amen. Now listen, those of you, listen. Those of you that raised your hands, do me a favor. And as soon as we dismiss, you come up here and tell somebody that's up here. I prayed that prayer at the end with Pastor Todd, okay? We have, we have something we want to put in your hands. We want to pray for you. We want to get you, help you get started on this journey. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. So don't forget a half hour before each service. Listen. Not just warfare in the service, but I encourage you, set your alarm up. Wake up 15 minutes early. Get in the commands of God. Close your eyes and just say, Jesus, you know, don't worry about knowing how to pray everything. Just say, Jesus, break oppression off of me. Break darkness off of me. I want to be filled with your light. Just begin to ask God, Lord, I want to be totally liberated from the influence of the adversary. Give me light. Give me help. Give me strength. Give me freedom. Just begin to talk to God. God will meet you right where you are. Amen?